Welcome to the Thundercast, your martial athletics podcast produced by the fans, for the fans, with your hosts, Russ Livingood and KD Hudnall. We're bringing you the thundering word on the thundering herd each and every week. So keep it right here. The Thundercast is on the loose. Thanks for downloading another episode of the Thundercast. Follow us on Twitter at Thundercast underscore pod. And, hey, you can follow us on Instagram at Thundercast underscore pod. And also over on threads if you're into that world. Uh, of course, we're at, on Facebook as well. Um, Russ operates the Facebook page. So you can give us a like over there. Please subscribe to the Thundercast YouTube channel. Uh, we've got uh, so much exclusive content that goes over there. You really don't want to miss anything. And, of course, still, we keep asking you, put a bookmark on your phone, on your laptop, somewhere, whatever browser you use at thundercast.online because that uh, website is coming together quicker now and the more of the hard launch will occur after Russ and I both kind of got over the crud that we had going on, slowed things down quite a bit, but hey, that's life, man. And um, But we're still focused on bringing herd fans uh, the best content we, that we absolutely can, and we appreciate everybody that spends even a little bit of their time with us at the Thundercast. Russ, it was a pretty um, notable week. We had some excellent news that came out. Of course, the breakdown series is going to continue. So uh, I think we should just get right into it, right? So give me – well, wait, we can't get into it. We have to get a quick word from our sponsors at 304carwreck.com, and then we can get into it. If you've been injured in a car wreck, visit 304carwreck.com on the web or on Facebook. What happens when an Ohio driver crashes into a West Virginia driver in Kentucky? That can be a mess. But if you can dream it up, Jason and Matt have probably been there, done that, and gotten their clients paid. Don't fight the insurance companies alone. Contact Jason and Matt at 304carwreck.com. All right, so now we can get into this kick-ass Thundercast episode, and let's start it off like we always do with five things every Herd fan needs to know this week. Five things that every Herd fan needs to know this week, as always, brought to you by IgniteLink, the Tri-State's premier IT management team. Number one, softball coaching staff has been set. We talked a lot about Morgan Zirkle, hometown hero, coming back to coach the Herd, but she now has her coaching staff. Allie Harrell is going to remain on uh, the staff. She was a volunteer assistant coach last year. She is an assistant coach this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, she also handled external operations last year, and she'll continue that as well this year. Uh, Allison Rager is going to be the pitching coach, and Sydney McKinney is going to be the hitting coach. So a couple of things got to leap off the page at you right here. Uh, right off the bat, right? Number one, a an entire uh, female staff, which is great, I think is awesome. Mm-hmm. All of them under 30 years old, which mm-hmm. also I think is awesome. So I think Marshall's kind of maybe sort of without an intimate knowledge of coaching staffs across the country, leading the charge in a youth movement type deal here. And I think this is going to play out in their mm-hmm. favor, right? Because you want to talk about relatability to players, current players and prospects coming out of high school or mm-hmm. transfers or whatever. Man, this is the kind of thing that you're hoping for. And you don't just go hire these folks because of those, you know, attributes, you know, because they're young and they're female and they're former players or whatever. It's because they 
know what they're doing, right? They're great mm -hmm. at their craft. <laughs> Morgan Zirkle, all timer. We don't have to talk about Morgan that much because everybody that's familiar with Marshall, period, Marshall Athletics, period, is going to know the name Morgan Zirkle. But keeping Allie Harrell, I think, is just freaking awesome. Yeah. And I mean, what a, what a, uh, I don't know what you call her, man. She's just like a spark plug. She's infectious. Her her attitude, that smile, that attitude is just off the charts. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad that we're going to keep that in Huntington. Allison Rager is a local uh, West Virginia gal. Played, I believe, up at Herbert Hoover. Herbert Hoover. So and then at Moorhead. And then at Moorhead. So still in that really circular, close circle geographic area, to where you. Uh, our home, but you're also really close to where you played. And then you go get what I've come to find out was a number one overall draft pick right out of Wichita state to be your hitting coach in Sydney McKinney. So mm -hmm. Jiminy Christmas. If, if you're, if you were kind of on the fence to see, man, I wonder what Morgan's going to do here because we had a really great staff under coach Smith and, and we did. And you know, this is not obviously the same thing, but I think this has got to get your blood pumping a little bit and the excitement, turned up a little bit to where you're like, okay, I think we can do some things here. So yeah. it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how this roster shakes out because we know we have some uh, open scholarships with the departures that came uh, that, that left after coach Smith was hired away, but I'm pretty excited about this coaching staff. How about, how about you, man? I am excited. It looks like we've got someone that knows pitching very intricately is going to be the pitching uh coach and we know someone that excels to the max in hitting that's going to be the hitting coach like you said all young all four are with athletes unlimited so they have connections uh there to a bunch of other people uh all across the country all four were highly respected and decorated when they played in college i think that's important they're all young so it's kind of relatable for uh any kind of current athlete and potential athletes coming in. Uh, the only knock that you can say, and I haven't, but I'm saying anyone could say is there's no head coaching experience here. Well, you got to start somewhere. Mm -hmm. And I think that this is as great an opportunity uh, taking what uh, coach Megan Smith Lyon has, has uh, built over the past five years as a uh, base level and looking to expand it and go further up. And I think that there is so much excitement out of Morgan Zirkle here and the players, the fans, everything, just everything about it, no pun intended, is a home run. Yeah, you're right. You have to start somewhere and it's not it's not out of pocket to say that, you know, there is right. no head coaching experience here. Hell, there's very little like true assistant coach experience here, but. Zirkle comes from the Shonda Stanton team. So, mm -hmm. you know, you're learning from one of the best coaches ever at, mm -hmm. at Marshall. Allie played for Shonda, then a year with Jen Steele and a couple of years with Megan. So she's got a wealth of, of knowledge being surrounded by great players and great coaches at Marshall. So, you know, it, it gotta, it's got to make you feel good a little bit, but the, uh, the potential here. The situation that you step into a 45 win team, you have some big pieces departed, right? Autumn is not, mm -hmm. not going to be easy to replace. Alex Coleman is not going to be easy to replace. And Bree Godfrey was doing her thing. That's not going to be easy to replace. And of course, oh, yeah, by the way, Grace Chelman, Sid Nestor, also gone. These are big pieces that you have to fill, mm -hmm. but you still step into a really solid lineup 
you have some solid pitching. Now, can can you utilize your remaining open scholarships to go fill that hole? Can you go get that next, you know, ace pitcher like Sid Nestor? Can you go get another power hitter that's going to put some runs on the board? Are those two pieces out there for you to get? Because the cover's not bare, right? Sid Bickle's returning, Riley Lucas returning, Cam returning, Brooke returning. There's a lot of pieces that are returning, right? Abby Darnley's probably going to slide into your catching position because she had a great summer league season. So there's not a lot of, of uh, I don't know, overall worry, but there are some holes that have to be filled, right? Some run support, a dominating pitcher has to be filled. And, you know, Morgan's got a little bit of time. She's got some scholarships to play with, all the connections in the world. So we just have to see how those last couple get allocated, I think. Yeah, and I, you know, both of us are excited about softball, and I am really looking forward to practice starting and the the schedule coming out and all that. Uh, Just cannot wait. I know it's months and months off, but. Yes, but the portal season is open now. Yeah. The season is not that far off when you think about it in terms like that. And this has already been an exciting, you know, good and bad off season for softball, you know, right. first, so anyway, uh, number two, we've got, uh, Rasheen Ali, Ethan Driscoll and Micah Abraham were all named to the East West shrine game watch list. Yeah. I think Huge. that's pretty cool. That's pretty Huge. cool. Uh, some of these guys of course are seniors like Micah Abraham. Um, but it's, it's really cool. I'm going to tell you what the coolest part about this is, is seeing Ethan Driscoll get that kind of love, right? Because Ollie's all over the place in the preseason. Abraham's all over the place in the preseason. Ethan Driscoll's made an appearance on some preseason lists and stuff like that. But this is big time because this is a postseason, like, showcase-type game. This is one of the top two, right? It's the Senior Bowl and it's the Shrine Game, the Shrine mm-hmm. Bowl. So to see him get that love, I like that, man. That's that's really cool to me. Um Rasheen Ali just being a non-senior, he's not really eligible to be in the senior bowl, so you're not going to see that. Micah Abraham, you would think if he has a stellar season, Nagy and that crew are going to be looking at him heavily to fill a corner slot at the senior bowl. And there's a name that's obviously missing, right? Thinking, where the hell is Owen Porter? Why is he not showing up on these lists? You gotta know that he is on the on the on the Senior Bowl list. He's got to be. They haven't announced it yet, but you don't perform like Owen Porter has performed going in and being a senior, returning senior at that, and not going to get that love. I would be highly, highly shocked if Owen Porter's not already on a short list for the Senior Bowl. But this is great, great news for these three guys in the Shrine Game. God help opposing quarterbacks if he is left <laughs> off of that list. Don't yeah, you think? Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, you talk about motivation. Guy's already got a high motor. He's already motivated anyway. But, I mean, let's let's doubt the guy and let's see what he can do. Right? Yeah. T- tell him he's not good enough to play in the yeah. senior bowl. Let's see how yeah. – you know what? Do us a favor. Do that. And then, yeah. you know, add him in like week 12. That'll be fine. Yeah. I want to see him perform to the point where Lawrence Taylor says, just calm down, man. Just, you know, <laughs> you, don't, you don't have to get 30 sacks. It's all right. <laughs> Save some tackles for the rest of us, man. What the- <laughs> all right. Number three, we've got fans first day is what it's being called. Save the date for fans first day. This is Saturday, August the 5th from 530 to 730 at the Jones. Speculation only here. 
don't mm-hmm. need to put a speculation hat on it, mm-hmm. but feel like this is going to be uh, replacing the normal fan day that is normally a week to two weeks after this. And um, that would coincide with uh, the players there, uh, the poster, you go around, get the autographs, meet the players, that sort of thing. So there will be details to follow because right now it is just to save the date, but that's about what we're figuring this is. Yeah, and it makes sense, right? Because it's fans' first day, so it might as well be fan day as well. But I, this was always a cool event, and this is one of those things that I really miss not being able to go to because I'm in Florida. Like, I used mm-hmm. to go to that every year, and a couple of times it even fell on my birthday. And mm-hmm. that was a really cool just little treat for myself, you know, just to be able to go over to, to the Joan for an hour or two and just – hang out and talk to some guys. And and that helmet you see behind me right here, the green one, I always used to take that to fan day, man. And those players used to eat that thing up. They loved it, right? And that's like the old school Mac era block M on a more mm-hmm. true Kelly green color, not like the Snyder era green helmet. Those guys used to eat that thing up. And uh, it, was, it was always a super cool event. Uh, you got to think that there's going to be an opportunity if you haven't done it to sign up for the big green. You got to mm-hmm. think there's going to be an opportunity there to pick up some season tickets and maybe do like a choose your seat type thing. I'm just speculating, right? Because they've done these things. They've done it in the past. In yeah. the past. Uh, but let me tell you a quick story about uh, a fan day. Gosh, I don't remember the year. Might have been t- heading into the 2014 season. I, I want to say that it fell on my birthday, right? And um, that was the year that um, the line was so long to see Devin Johnson, right? And uh, we, I waited, we waited, we, we all waited for forever. And that dude sat there and took photos and, you know, people weren't rushed out. It was just, you got your, you got as much, basically as much time as you wanted within reason, you know, you know, you know how it is, but it wasn't like, all right, you got your photo, you got your autograph now, you know, slide away. The dude sat there for, I don't know how long doing that in the beating sun on the turf, not in the shaded concourse, you know, with, with all that heat coming up off the ground. And, um, that was really cool to me, man. I, I, I got my photo. We, we chatted for a second and, you know, wished him well on the season, and then he goes out and has an amazing near 1,800-yard season that season. But, you know, that was really cool to me. Uh, I, I was I was able to to meet and talk to some of the guys over the years at these fan days that and provide not just memories for myself, but this is another one of those things where you can make memories for your kids. And, and you mm-hmm. know, my son, my oldest, still talks about, meeting Aaron Dobson, which today's his birthday. Shout out Aaron Dobson. Happy birthday. He still talks about that, right? And he still talks about meeting Lee Smith because Lee's this towering guy. And at the time, Kyler's like little, you know, he's now now Kyler's towering. (laughs) Yeah. Now they're like the same height almost. (laughs) But that was so cool to him, you know, and he still talks about that. So this is just a cool event. I love that they do that, man. And, and, it's cool that it's a little bit earlier. It seems to fit the timeline maybe a little better. You're not worried yeah. about prepping for week one or installing some stuff. But this is a cool event, and I hope there's a big turnout. My kids enjoyed it last year. It was on the concourse. It was blazing hot, but on that concourse, it you know you got to cool down a little bit. But uh, I can just uh, remember, and I've got photos, and they're they're up on Thundercast on the on the gallery. But Red Dawson just happened to be right standing right in front of us and everything 
holding my kids and, you know, welcoming them in there. And it's just, you know, red was there just to, to take part as a fan as well. You know, yeah. it's, uh, and it, it's, it's one of those things that your appetite gets wet throughout the off season for football. But then this to me is like the kickoff event, not, not the uh, spring game because then there's such a lag in between, but this right here, uh, is that event to where you're going there in person, there's other fans around, and you're like, hey, all right, this is this is close now. We're looking – now we're looking uh, three, four weeks away. I think it's four yeah. weeks away. Uh, it used to be like two weeks away or something right. from the season, but I cannot wait. I've got the date circled. Only problem <laughs> is there was a pre-existing uh, thing because this was just announced. And so I've got to be in two places at once and I've got to make it work and I'm gonna, yep. uh, I'm just, uh, I'm trying to figure out uh, the logistics right now for event a that was scheduled uh, two months ago and event B that, uh, that I absolutely have to be at. <laughs> yeah, I get it. And I'm, I agree with you to a degree, right? Like it, it's, it's um, one of those events that does get you salivating a little bit more because you're, you know, you're at the Joan again and, and, mm -hmm. The official kickoff to football season always will be green and white weekend or the spring game weekend now. And because mm -hmm. there's so much stuff, especially this year when they introduced the cornhole right. tournament as opposed mm -hmm. to the bowling. And and they had we had the <laughs> softball series, the baseball series, yeah. and next year the potential, like like we said before, if they can pull off a home baseball and a home softball series the same weekend as the spring, uh, the green and white weekend. That's going to be an epic weekend annually. Every year they're able to do that. So for me, that really gets the juices flowing. And then you get this lull and you're following recruiting really closely and you're listening to us do position breakdowns and you're still getting that appetite fed. And then, bam, you have fan day and you're like, now I'm in it, right? I'm seeing these guys. We're up close again and I'm talking and I'm getting photos and autographs. And then, bam, a month later, I'm tailgating. So it's 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 a really probably uh, – I don't know. It's it's like this happenstance of ups and downs, but you're really never that down. You're just up, and then it's like a plateau, and then up again. So, it's a cool event nonetheless. I, this is probably one of the top two or three things that's an, that's a non game that I get bummed that I can't go to because I live so far away. Yeah, um, I do live right across town, and like I said, I've got double booked now, but uh, I'm going to be there. <laughs> double booked ain't nothing, man. You, if you're triple booked or quad booked, I get it, but hey, you can make it happen. I'm cur currently looking for uh Uber helicopter uh, to take <laughs> me from uh, point A to point B, get there a little bit quicker, but uh, I'm going to make it happen. All right. Number four, women's golf had the top GPA in division one with a 395 GPA, like you've always said before, who got the B? Who got the B? <laughs> they won the 22-23 WGCA All-Scholar Team. Uh, let, let's do that one more time. It, it, top GPA in Division One, right? Mm -hmm. Again, not the Sunbelt Conference, yeah. Division One. So this now makes two teams uh, that we have, two athletic teams. We had uh, Swim and Dive and now yep. Women's Golf number one overall in all of division one. Yeah. That's amazing to me, man. That is, that is absolutely amazing to me. Having one is pretty awesome. Cause you're thinking, all right. Cause you know, there's only so many sports and you know, it's not like, it's not like a hundred teams are number one. 
right, in, in some sport. So there's only so many to begin with, and there's a lot of teams in Division One, 300 and some, 330-some-odd teams in Division One athletics. And then we have two teams that are number one in all of Division One athletics. Man, that's just really cool to me, man. I don't know how to articulate that well, which is probably why I would never land on a team with a number one overall ranking in Division One. But I don't know why that is. It just, it's just, it's like, man, this is Huntington. How does that happen in Huntington? You know, it's just one of those things that makes me feel like I don't get how that happens because again, you're going up all these prestigious academic schools in the Ivy league and in the, in the PAC 12 and you know, all of these AAC affiliate, not American athletic conference or, or AA, maybe it's AAU, AAU affiliated yeah. uh, schools, which are, that's just a prestigious academic ranking. If you don't know what that is, Marshall is mm -hmm. not an AAU school, but uh, one day maybe we will be, but all my, I think all of the schools in the big 10 are AAU schools. And really there's only like, two or three, I think, in the entire non-quote-unquote non-power five that are. Uh, Tulane is one, and and uh, I don't know. There's a couple more. But anyway, um, it's just cool to see that land in Huntington, you know, knowing that there are teams, there are programs and universities that are so um, just academically accomplished that Marshall's outpacing them. That's so cool to me. Number one of 249, by the way. In, well, there's got to be more than that in Division One, but are you talking about of teams that have women's golf? Division One women's golf yeah, teams. Okay. There's two two hundred and forty one. Yeah. Okay. There's, so, but there's still three hundred and thirty ish Division One schools, but not all of them have women's golf. Yes. Wow, one out of two forty nine. That's pretty freaking cool. All right, and finally, number five here, we've got Herd Happy Hour. Uh, of course, we've already had a couple of these. We had one at Taps at Heritage here in Huntington. We had one at uh, Country Boy Brewing over in Georgetown. And now coming up this Thursday, July 27th, at Fife Street Brewing in Charleston, 5 to 7 p.m., Heard Happy Hour. As has uh, happened at the other two that they've had, sign up or renew for your Big Green membership right there on site. And the first round will be on the big green. Another little thing to mention, Coach Beals will be at this and uh, will be meeting everyone and also giving a little talk. Cool, man. What a cool set of events this is, right? So mm -hmm. if you want to go, like you mentioned, if you want to go, I guess you can show up and sign up. You have to but... RSVP before you go it's just okay. so they can get a head count and everything. But then, yes, go ahead. You can go and sign up for the big green. Okay, well, if you've got an RSVP to the Big Green, that means you're going to be talking to somebody, so you might as well just sign up while you're on the phone. It's really easy. But what a cool set of events this is, man. This reminds me very much of, like, the Reds Caravan, you know, mm -hmm. and they go around to, you know, places and pockets and cities where there's Red support or they're trying to drum up more Red support. And we've gone to a couple of those over the years. I used to take Kyler all the time when he was little, and, you know, there was always one in like Ashland or, you know, mm -hmm. Charleston or whatever. I think and, the mall used to have it a lot. Yeah. So these are just cool events. And I really like that. The, the just kind of happy hour theme. They're always hitting a brewery and you sign up for the big green. Let's think about it. You sign up for the big green and immediately you're getting an instant benefits because you're getting a, a round for free on you. So uh, I like this, man. This is this is really cool. So there's not a master list of these, right? There's not a schedule of these out. Are they just kind of like, oh, we're going to put another one on the on the schedule type deal? I 
you know, they may already have them planned and they're only announcing them one at a time because that's all they've done so far is they've they've not announced them all and then reminded you about that. They've yeah. really been hitting it for that week that you're in. So the first one was at Taps here in Huntington, uh, then hit the Lexington and probably try to pull from that northern Kentucky uh, where we have such a good North, northern Kentucky Cincinnati stronghold of big green members up there. Uh, this one's in Charleston to try to get probably Taze Valley in the surrounding greater Charleston area. And uh, you have to imagine it being this early in the summer. You know, this is the last one in July, but you got to figure they'll probably throw a couple of them in there for August. You would think so, man. So if you were, if we were going to speculate, purely speculate, yeah. let's say they're going to put two or three more on the schedule. I mean, off the top of your head, where do you think they're going to hit? I mean, I have a couple of places that I would think they would hit, but if they were going to put two or three more on them, we have no idea if they will or not. We're just speculating. Places we would probably like to see them add one, or it would be a good idea maybe if they did. So don't get mad if they don't. We're just speculating. But, you know, you've hit Lexington, you've hit Huntington, and you've hit Charleston. You're kind of moving down the I-64 corridor, all right? So now you're in Charleston, let's say, from a map perspective. Well, you can go south, north, you know, uh, Several directions. So where do you think you'd go if you add a couple? I would say that uh, Beckley, you would probably, they've got that Coalfields uh, big green chapter down there. Uh, a lot of uh, alumni make the trip uh, to sporting events from Beckley. Mm -hmm. uh, great little pocket of uh, the state where there is a lot in that town. Majority probably support Marshall. Um, I, I would say that that would be a good one. Yeah, I was thinking uh, that Parkersburg in that area would be a great place to hit because you have the momentum of hiring coach Kim Stevens. That might be one of those, you know, Bills is going to talk in Charleston. If they add Parkersburg, it seems like a great fit to get Kim Stevens up there and talk in her hometown mm -hmm. and revisit that and, and spread the love of the herd and the word of the herd to, you know, more folks and the current fans in Parkersburg and build off of that momentum of, of a hometown gal up there that they undoubtedly love and are extremely proud of. So, I mean, that's a couple of good, is there any other one that, that makes sense you think? Well, I mean, if you start looking at where the coaches tour is, uh, Gallipolis, which you could, you could, it's called the MVM up there. Um, but, um, Gallopolis, uh, the Chapmanville area for the Logan. They always have it at the Logan Country Club there. Yeah. Um, the others are all kind of out of state. I right. just can't, I can't see like, even though we've got uh, Charlotte. Yeah, uh, that, does, that doesn't Tampa. seem like this type of thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It seems like a, a road trippy, a day trip type deal. Yeah. And I know yeah. Charlotte technically is a day trip, but you're not going to go six hours away you know to, yeah the, to, these are these are generally uh you know I, I think lexington georgetown area was the furthest away that they're going to go yeah uh, and, it, and it makes sense it's an hour yeah. and a half away so you can still find extreme value in buying season tickets let's say and living yeah. in lexington and you can have that same value in parkersburg and 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 beckley and the places that we listed so that's I like, I, I hope that they add a few more, you know, I don't mm -hmm. know if you'll see four, but you know, one right. or two would make sense, especially Parkersburg, I think would, and Beckley make a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, no matter what, you're right. This is a great event. Uh, just getting some fans together. 
Oh, I will say one more thing. Let's call this a bonus thing or a half thing because this is kind of the same deal. But uh, uh, there is a Greater Huntington Big Green chapter starting back up right now. And uh, if you are not aware of this, a lot of it has been discussed on Facebook. Some of you might not be on Facebook, uh, but I'm going to try to get the date. And if I don't have the date here in the next five seconds when I'm talking about this, I'll just get it and we'll put it and tweet it out. But there is going to be an event in Huntington that's going to be a kickoff and it's going to be uh, at Savannah's uh, Bistro used to be Savannah's restaurant right there on sixth Avenue. And it's coming up in August. And I keep wanting to say August the 12th, but I might have that date wrong, but there's going to be a uh, kickoff event right there. So if you want to join a chapter of the big green, you know, you've got these satellite chapters everywhere. Well, this Mm. is one that would get together and have events here in Huntington that, you know, the big green puts events on all the time, but this would be fans putting together their own chapter events, just like goes on at other locales that are not here in Huntington. So uh, if you're in the Canova, uh, Chesapeake, South Point, um, up oh, really? to, Mil- up to Hell, Milton. I'd, I'd say really all the way down to Hurricane, probably before you start meshing into Charleston, you know? Right. What I mean? Yeah. So wherever you're at, they're calling it the greater Huntington, but uh, there will be details there. I'm going to have them. KD will tweet them out. I'll put them out on Facebook. Follow us on our pages to get all this information. But right now, I don't see it here. Uh, I'll have it later in the show, but I'm going to say it's around August 12th. Okay. That there's going to be an event. Um, be on the lookout for that because we want to see people there sign up, have a good time. And this is not like you have to pay to do this. To my knowledge, you know, they may have events at times that will cost money because they're going to rent out a restaurant or something. But generally, this is just like watch parties. This is uh, right. Yeah. It's like if you're in the big green and you live in Huntington, then you should just be a part of that chapter. True. Yeah. Yeah. I got you. Okay. Well, if that was a really cool five things, honestly, I think that we covered a lot of stuff and there's more and more opportunities each week to get involved with the big green, which, you know, Russ and I individually are involved with the big green. We're both members. I mean, we're not like, you know, we're, we're members. And the podcast of course is also a a member. We just encourage everyone to do it. And, and if you can do it, man, I don't know why that uh, you haven't, it's so cheap, you know, and you can make a big difference. And if enough of us, join if we pump our numbers just think if we doubled our big green numbers because there's thousands upon thousands tens of thousands of marshall fans and if we just doubled our big green donorship then we can fund so many more scholarships and that's the ultimate goal of the big green to fund in entirely all of the scholarships for our athletes but anyway there's so many great events and opportunities for you to check it out go see some cool stuff, interact with some coaches. You got fan first day coming up, man. That's it's cool. It's really cool. So this is an excellent five, five and a half things. It looks like Russ has got the date. What you got? I've got the date and uh, man, I hate this because I had a great run. This is the only mistake I've ever made on this show. <laughs> uh, it's actually Monday, July the 31st. Oh dang. It's coming up pretty quick. Yeah. A week. Totally, totally not uh, August the 12th. And it is, 5.30 to 7.30 p.m. at Savannah's Bistro, 1208 6th Avenue. Uh, you need to RSVP. Tammy Moss, M-O-S-S, 
and that is moss t m o s s t at marshall.edu or 304-696-2867. Please RSVP. They want to have a head count so they can make sure that they have enough space and maybe if they're having appetizers, that sort of thing. And also, this is not exactly called a Big Green chapter. It's the Greater Huntington Alumni chapter, and it's mm. being revitalized. So it's um, you don't have to be in the Big Green to be in it. Yeah, so is it, an, is it an alumni association thing an, or is it a, a big green thing? Yeah, I think it's an alumni chapter. I was misremembering again, only mistake okay. I'll ever make. But uh, again, most of the people that are. Um, well, I get that, that most are, are double dipping, right? They're either yeah, big green and the alumni association. Yeah. Most of these are on the big green. I recognize the, their names and a sure. lot of people will. But uh, if you are in the greater Huntington area and just want to belong to the chapter, be there. RSVP again, Tammy Moss, Monday, July 31st, Savannah's Bistro. Cool. We'll tweet it all out so you guys will see and and know how to be able to uh, get involved with that if you show if you so choose. But look, man, let's continue the episode because we've got a big breakdown to come to. If you remember last week, I couldn't remember who we were going to be talking about this running week. Running backs. We're going to be talking about the running backs, right? The one of the marquee things that we're most excited. But before we get into that we got to go around the herd and cover what all else happened in Thundering Herd Athletics this week. So let's roll with it. Yeah, let's go around the herd. And then before we do the breakdown, I've got a quick uh, two-minute uh, thing for us. Okay. Uh, around the herd, we're going to start off in football. We've got K.J. Jones, JUCO wide receiver out of Yuba College, Y-U-B-A. Uh, he just committed. Uh, 5'11", 185, ran a 4'48". Uh, had all kinds of different stats there listed uh, on Twitter and things like that. Um, looks like a good addition to that wide receiver room, just more depth that we were talking about. But again, what did we talk about their strengths with speed? Yeah. Got more of it right here. Yeah. Uh, also a wide receiver commit. We got Dylan Williams uh, in the 2024 class. Yeah. The 2024 class is, 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 coming you know continuing to come together uh but you know this is just like steady pacing right we probably won't get into those blockbuster weekends of recruiting for 24 until we're into the season and you get into that meat and potatoes part of the recruiting cycle but it's still nice to see that our class is steadily building as we look more towards that 24 and even the 25 class but a couple of commits this week, you always love to see that, man. And and both of them being wide receivers is not something that we hit tremendously hard, you know, in uh, high school recruiting. So nice to see that. Um, what's next? Well, also with football, we've got uh, a couple of different things here. The uh, PFF preseason SBC and the SIS preseason SBC teams were all released. And uh, – lot of familiar names here um, that you would expect to be on this. Let me get to the SIS first. We've got Eli Neal is uh, all Sunbelt linebacker. They've got him listed there. Um, who it's else it, do you it's got? the you big know? three. It's the yeah. big three. It's Owen Porter, uh, Eli Neal. And Abraham, that's it. Okay. They don't they don't do a first team, second thing team, and third team. They just do a preseason all SBC team. So wow. it's Eli Neal, Owen Porter, and Micah Abraham. The thing that you 
probably you, you expect to see that, right? The thing that probably is going to stick in your crawl a little bit is that no one from the offensive side of the football made the SIS all uh, Sunbelt team preseason. Not terribly surprising, but also a little um, surprising <laughs> because of where Rasheen Ali has landed on other lists. So mm -hmm. just something to, to be aware of. Uh, the PFF 2023, they are tiered into first, second, that sort of thing. Yeah. Here's who we got on the first team. We got Rasheen Ali, Ethan Driscoll, Logan Osborne, Owen Porter, Micah Abraham. On the second team, got Dalton Tucker and Eli Neal. Yeah. So what you like about PFF is is like usually they use <laughs> their their grade out system to to put people on the on these teams. It's not like they just go, oh, that guy's really popular, so we'll add him to our team because everyone else does, right? They they use their own grading system. This is a lot about what I like about PFF. It's not perfect, but at least they provide some data to their madness. They don't just go, well, you know, let's add this guy because every other poll's got this guy. But that's 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 a lot. I mean, you're talking about six guys right there, right? Mm -hmm. We haven't really seen Dalton Tucker on too many lists, so that tells you using the metrics that they use and grading offensive linemen the way they do, he's one of the top performers in the Sunbelt Conference. Ethan Driscoll's another. Logan Osborne's another. So three of your five offensive linemen, you're landing on the top two first and second team of, of the PFF All-SBC team. This is good stuff. And, yeah, it's a little bit of a sampling there for Rasheen Ali, probably heavily laid upon what he did in 21 because there are some really deserving backs based on their what they did in 22, guys like Frank Gore Jr. out of Southern Miss. He he had a great season, so he deserves to be one of those you know top guys too, and he very well may be. I don't know how many uh, backs they chose. Backs they, they might have done too, but uh, so it's 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 more about what you have done and are projected to do instead of just a name. It just happens to coincide that some of our biggest names are also our best performers. Anyway, there's uh, you got any more? Because if you don't, I got one more that, that fell through the cracks on you. On football? Yeah, on football. Yeah, go ahead. It's go the, ahead. He the Hero Sports All G5 team. Uh, we oh, landed yeah, yeah. we landed a couple on that. I want to make some extra notes. They also did a G5 Top 25. They're really one of the only ones, if not the only one, that kind of does that. But uh, Owen Porter landed on the Hero Sports first uh, first team All G five team, and Mike Abraham landed on the second team. That was it. Like they went all the way down to third team, and you know there were no others, which is surprising to me. So you can see kind of how all over the place some of these rankings are. Six on the PFF ranking, three on the SIS ranking, only two on the Hero Sports ranking. Here's the most interesting part to me, and this is the team ranking. Marshall land at 14 in their top 25 G5 poll. So they're saying the herd is the 14th best G5 team. Okay, whatever. Bring that on, right? And not only is that a tad disrespectful to, to us and what we think is going to happen here, there were four other Sunbelt teams ranked ahead of Marshall in this poll. So I didn't write those down, but I want folks to have a little chip on their shoulder about that. I'm not, this is not a knock at hero sports, but this is just like, okay, some folks are really sleeping on Marshall. They think like we're not even the best team in our division because it's not like we were the highest ranked Sunbelt East division team. We were, you know, second or third, you know, South Alabama was up there. Troy was up there. Uh, James Madison was up there. We were up there. I can't remember who the other one was. It was either like App State or, uh, or uh, I don't know, somebody else from the Sunbelt. Coastal? Obviously. 
Maybe, maybe coastal, but anyway, that that's another one that slipped through the cracks there on, on football. So a lot of football polls and accolades are going out. We should start to be seeing stuff pretty soon about preseason watch lists, Doak Walker, you know, that kind of stuff, Maxwell, all that kind of stuff. So we will probably have some guys land on those too. And I can't wait to talk about those. I really love that. So what else we got in, uh, around the hurt? Women's basketball, they are on the road recruiting right now. They put a graphic out on on their coaching staff on that. And also, Angel Riser has officially been announced. You know, we talked about her two, maybe three uh, episodes ago. But uh, official announcement just came out this week on that. Yeah, so I, I would just imagine this is one of those things where contracts got approved and everything because it was a couple out of softball, and now we got one from women's basketball. So it's great to get that official word. This coaching staff's really come together. Last week we also got the news on uh, Caldwell for men's basketball. So it, it's just that time. But pretty cool that things are officially getting announced now. Speaking of officially announced, track and field, Keith Roberts, they had the uh, press conference, so he was officially introduced, even though they had already announced that prior. Yeah, I think that's. Uh, I think it's pretty cool that they're calling him the director of track and field yeah. and cross country instead of just the coach, because as uh, Spears alluded to, it's really six sports. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you do have indoor and outdoor, so it's sort of the same, you know, you're still running and doing field, but it's indoor and outdoor. So competitively speaking, it's different. So he's really in charge of six sports, uh, you know, men's and women's indoor, men's and women's outdoor and men's and women's cross country. So that this is an interesting way to approach this. Uh, and we've talked about some of the coaches that are still staying on and, and, and are going to be retained, <coughs> but I watched the introductory press conference. I don't know if you were able to. They streamed it on YouTube on the Marshall uh, Athletics um, YouTube channel or Marshall University YouTube channel, one of the two. But I watched it. Uh, it was really, it was really uh, intriguing to listen to um, uh, Keith Roberts talk and, and talk about what they want to do here and how it's, it's going to take – you know, they're working on some infrastructure things and some facilities things. And and there's no reason why we can't compete in the Sun Belt for championships. We, we got a little taste of that last year. You know, we got some individual championships, but now we're looking to not only repeat that kind of stuff, but also a team level championship. So really excited. There's vision here. There There's motivation here. There's a, there's a, a plan, a strategic plan. So I think we made the right move. You know, now we just have to see how recruiting notches up and we have to see how the results notch up. Uh, finishing up around the herd, I've got softball. We got, uh, I'm going to say it's uh, Casia, Casia Parks, transfers from WKU. She was listed as an outfielder, also had time and some starts at uh, second and first base in the infield and uh, comes over with, I think, three years to play it might be two but she's a lexington native yeah from frederick douglas high school which marshall's had some success recruiting athletes from uh really recently this is very powerful uh athletic program in that lexington area frederick douglas is of course most folks will know that her great offensive lineman nate mcpeak is the mcpeak is the head football coach there jimmy skinner's on staff there so there's some herd connections there as well but those frederick douglas athletes are just really good coming out of that area and i'm not sure exactly how you pronounce it either you said casey i think it might be casia but we could both be incredibly wrong but anyway uh what stood out to me was 
she's she's really a super solid defender. Like she had something like a .938 or .939 or something like that uh, fielding percentage last year. And you're talking about a multi-position player, right? You're listed on the roster as an outfielder, but you're also playing and starting games at second base and first base. And to be able to play all of those different positions and still maintain a really elite level fielding percentage, that's pretty impressive, right? So I'm not sure exactly what her role will be here on this softball team, as as really probably no one does outside of the coaching staff. But, you know, anytime you can add some strength up the middle, or in the outfield again, you're going to take that, especially especially defensively. Remember, we lost all three of our outfielders. Grace is gone because of eligibility exhaustion. Alex Coleman hit the transfer portal. Now, out in the in, in uh, left field, there was some time split between Lauren Love and Bree Godfrey. Lauren, as far as I know, is back. But uh, we still don't know what we're going to do as far as the entire outfield makeup is concerned. So if you've got some defensive prowess, you want to bring that back into uh, into the fold at Marshall. That does it for me for Around the Herd, unless you got anything. But I've got a little thing before we transition over to uh, the running back breakdown. Um, I wanted to highlight – this is going to lead into something else, but I wanted to highlight uh, one of our fans. And I mean one of our Marshall fans, not a fan of the show, even though this person does listen to the show uh, all the time and comments all the time. But uh, Karen Legrand. Uh, mm-hmm. Karen, Karen is constantly making comments on uh, – on YouTube, uh, which we love to do the interaction. You, you talk about it all the time. Uh, she showed up at the, uh, green and white, uh, tailgate event and she brought, I hope, hope she's okay with me saying this, but she brought a donation for, uh, the thunder trust signed up for that. She, uh, signs up for the big green. She signs up for the thunder trust. She does all this different stuff. We're going to, she tailgates ticket holder, goes to all the events that she can. She's on some committees and things like that. And um, the point that I wanted to bring this up is she remembered from right after the big green uh, tailgate, uh, not big green, green white game tailgate. We had a, um, a little thing where we talked about all the tents getting torn up for our cook team that was there. Mm-hmm. And we said, you know, man, we'd really be great if we could, help replace that and everything. So Karen reached out and said, Hey, is that still something? I haven't seen anything on that. I remembered that and I'd, I'd like to help and everything. So I said, you know what? Sure. So we are going to try to put some things out there for people that are interested. Our cook team will be here. It's the same one that will be here for the week one uh, game on September the 2nd. And if you would like to contribute to the tents and other things that they lost, we're looking at close to $700 in gear that these guys lost to that cyclone or whatever it was that came, <laughs> yeah. came through the uh, uh, the parking lot, the west lot there. And, I mean, it just mangled. If anybody saw those uh, canopy uh, uh, skeletons, yeah. the, the tent structures, they were mangled together. I mean, just bent them right in two. One was a huge double 10 by 20 with sidewalls. Uh, Kelly Green tent, and it alone was about four hundred and thirty-five bucks. And um, then you know two other tents, uh, and and there were some other things that they had to throw away and scrap. And they're just like, ah, we replace this stuff periodically, you know, food service kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. 
they're they're tailgating tents, which they take everywhere. And these are professional tailgaters. It's not just here for a couple of games here. I mean, this is cooks that they do throughout the year. So if anybody listening wants to get involved with that, we're going to help as well. But uh, they'll be here for the first home game. Thank you to Karen for reminding us that uh, we had said that. And we're going to try to help them get their stuff back. Yeah, they they did. I mean, listen to those stories. If you think back that, you know, they were talking about it was wee hours of the morning, you know, it was yeah. like three at three in the morning and out of nowhere, this un- ungodly wind blows through the West lot and they're up there. They're out there trying to hold things down, you know, like physically with their bodies. And they were just like, give up on it, man. We're not going to the hospital because of this. Two different poles fell. And I don't mean the tent canopy things, but the big poles holding flag uh, poles and other things like that came dislodged from under tires and mm-hmm. struck them in the head uh, as they're trying to do this. So luckily there wasn't major injuries. It was a major, major uh, storm that came through. So uh, we want to help those guys out. They're awesome guys and uh, huge herd supporters, and we want to help them out. Well, it's it's not only that, right? Because that's all the great stuff too. They're, they're huge herd fans. They're alums. Both of them are alums, by the way. But we we feel so strongly about being able to do things for our fans for free. And Mm -hmm. we, we we love being able to do that. And those guys love that we are about that. And they were like, you know what? We want to do it too. So they, they volunteered their time. You know, they Mm -hmm. came down and while everybody else was enjoying a lot more of the weekend, they were up all night cooking and yes, they enjoy that. Yeah. They love that. But still they didn't have the same tailgate experience that we had. You know, they didn't have the same, uh, weekend that we had so if we can come together a little bit and we're not asking for people to write us a you know five hundred dollar check but if you got ten bucks five bucks or whatever and you're like you know what i did come over and i did eat that food and it was freaking awesome and i'd like to be able to eat that again and i'd like to be able to eat that in the shade of yeah. <laughs> shielded, shielded from a september beat down of the sun then maybe consider helping us out. I mean, Russ and I are going to help out, right? The, the podcast yeah. is going to help out. But if there are some of you folks that enjoyed what they brought that, that in, and they enhanced your weekend by bringing that unbelievable food and, and everything that went along with that, man, we'd love to have your support. We, we don't, we're not telling you to do it, but if you feel compelled and you want to help out, then we'd love to have your support too. But uh, if, if we have a hundred people coming over and eating the, again, it will be free food for our first sure. tailgate. Uh, and amazing food. But if you throw a dollar in the tip jar, that's a hundred dollars towards replacing their gear that, that they didn't do. And it's, you know, basically saying, yeah, I'll throw in a dollar to get some free food. I know that sounds counterintuitive, but it happens all the time. You know, Hey, is this free? Yeah. I'd like to contribute. And they throw a dollar, maybe five in. So sure. And we had folks do that, right? We had folks do that anyway. They, they came over to the green and white weekend. We're like, nah, man, this is great. Can I tip these guys or can I help them out? And you know, they, 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 let me tell you what they did. They accepted that. And then they donated all of that money to the thunder trust. Those guys did that. So We, th- that's the kind of guys we are, or they are. Yeah. They yeah. they really wanted to give right back to the herd. So they they lost their gear and the tips that came in. They they gave to the Thunder Trust. Yeah, and that's that's why we want to try to help them out because of how amazing these guys are. Yep. So look, man, we got a big breakdown. I love yep. those guys, but uh, we want to help them out. We're gonna help them out, and if you guys want to help us help them, then we want your support. Otherwise, it's cool, man. It's it's cool. We'll, they'll uh, they'll not be 
wavering in their support of the herd. But check it out. This is a marquee position group that we want to talk about this week. It's the running backs for us. How the hell did I forget about that last week? But uh, I did. Running backs, coached by Telly Lockett, third season with the herd, still from Huff's inaugural head or a coaching staff. Let's go. Let's start with the field still ranking, and and then we're gonna. This is probably the biggest cop out that Phil has thrown our way in a while, but um, Phil still ranked thirty one running back unit nationally, which is really really impressive. Tied for first in the SBC with App State. Coastal, South Alabama, Troy, and Southern Miss. Are you kidding me? What a big cop-out that is. Now, let me say this. Let me say this. Of all of the teams that I just ripped off, including Marshall, all, what is that, one, two, three, four, all six of us land in the top 38 in the country. So we were 31, and everybody else lands, oh, I'm sorry, top 43, Coastal's 43. So from 31 to 43, you have six Sunbelt Conference schools, but Marshall's ranked the highest. So we're actually the number one. Anyway, App State's right behind us at 33 and so forth. Rasheen Ali is a preseason first-team All-SBC selection by Phil Steele and several others, as we have just talked about. But also, intriguingly, he is the number 15 Draft eligible running back in the class doesn't mean he's going to be going to the NFL, but if he chooses, Phil ranks him as the number 15 draft eligible running back, which, by the way, Russ, is the highest among mid-major running backs. Everybody else ahead of him is like an SEC back or something like that, you know. Currently on this herd zone roster, there are seven running backs listed. For context, last year on the 2022 roster, there were also seven running backs listed exhausted eligibility. It's a short list, but man, it's an impactful list. Kalen Laburn is the only one that exhausted eligibility and of course has moved on now and is trying to make the roster with the San Francisco 49ers portal out. Also a short list. Isaiah Gordon is the only one that hits the portal three carries last year for nine yards in two games. I saw on social media that he is now, uh, committed to Charleston Southern. So good luck to Mr. Gordon. We hope you have found the fit that you are looking for, sir. Portal in. Also, a super short list. We bring in Antoine Roberts, a six foot one, 210 pound redshirt sophomore from Independence Community College. So he's a JUCO guy, but he's a former Wisconsin Badger. Never really took the field for them. Um, and coming out of high school from the Nashville, I think it's the Nashville area. If I'm not mistaken, it's Hendersonville, Tennessee. He was a high school All-American. So there is a ton of potential there. We've talked about that in the past when we did portal wrap-ups. Incoming freshmen uh, that I could see, there are none aside from a, maybe a potential walk-on or two. Uh that's it. So before we get into projected starters, let's talk about the movement. Give me your thoughts on the movement here. Well, we're uh down an all-timer. And yep. Kalen Laburn. Yeah. Um, the uh, Isaiah Gordon transfer out. I hated to see that because I thought he had a lot of potential, but it's crowded, crowded backfield. Well, it's uh, not just crowded, it's bottlenecked at that red shirt sophomore, sophomore class status. Well, dude. that's what I that was my next line. It's crowded, but those three players that came in, yeah, at the same time all seem to be no separation. Uh, until all of a sudden, you know, you've got A.J. Turner, Anthony Turner Jr. Um, 
kind of getting more playing time and separation and, and the athleticism he displayed when he got the opportunity. So it was looking like, Hey, do I sit here and hope to get some carries, you know, by the time I'm a, a junior or senior, or do I go somewhere and get to play? I don't know the whole story, but I was high on all three of those guys that came in. Uh, the guy coming in, Antoine Roberts looks to be like possibly an upgrade on, Isaiah Gordon, just because of the size and uh, I want to say history, you know, of where he went and the recruiting that he had. Yeah, he was a former three-star guy coming out of high school. And anytime you come out with an accolade like high school All-American, you can obviously play, right? Yeah. And and, and uh, I think you're right. This is no knock on Isaiah Gordon at all, right? You got to do what you think is best for you. You want to play, sure. you want to play. Yeah. So you go find a place where you can play. And A.J. Turner started getting that rep last year because, you know, we were already down Ali and and we were getting, you know, Laburn was just workhorsing it all year long. And Ethan Payne was doing pretty well, too. But you still needed that when both of those guys need a breath or or you're just looking or there's an opportunity in a game situation to get a young guy in. A.J. Turner was that guy because um, Robinson or I'm sorry, uh, not Robinson, Maurice Jones redshirted, right? Yeah. So he wasn't, he, they didn't want to burn that, that red shirt really. He played a little bit, um, but not a lot. So the movement here is minimal, right? But you're right. You lose an all-timer in Kalen Labor and probably on the really, really, really short list of greatest one-year players at Marshall. There's probably a handful that you could throw up there and, and, you know, compete with what he did in a year. You know, there's guys like Denaro Marriott that come to mind, and, and people really, you know, say, "Man, he was pretty great too," and he was. So Gunnar Gatsky. So there's yeah. So there's not a whole lot of guys that are on that one year of impact list, and Labron's right up there. I mean, he's top two, I would think. You know, maybe top three type deal, especially in yeah. the modern in the modern era. You well, know? if you throw in Cresser, Cresser was here one year and uh, well, went, still. Uh, went, went undefeated and threw. Uh, ton of touchdowns to randy moss i still maintain that i could have thrown a bunch of touchdowns <laughs> to randy moss but uh it's neither here nor there um he I, who knows he may have called eric Cresser dog once in college too but i know he did me so so let's talk about projected starters right it's rasheen ali and everybody else and that's right. not a disrespectful comment to everybody else no. but this is very much like the linebacker room if you put a you know you hold me hold my feet to the fire and you say hey Who's the who's one guy? If you're if you're gonna do two backs as your projected starters, quote unquote, who's the one guy? And it's Rasheen Ali, right? So let's start with him. Red shirt sophomore Rasheen Ali, six foot, two hundred and fifteen pounds. We all know the story. Fourteen hundred and one yards and twenty three touchdowns in twenty twenty one. Just three games in twenty twenty two, but still, in despite only three games, he was number three on the team in rushing. I mean, if that doesn't tell you how special Rasheen Ali is. You know, some other guys played eight, nine, ten games, and Rasheen Ali plays three games, and he ends up third on the team in rushing. So that makes him the second uh, in the running back room because Cam Fancher was number two on the team in rushing last year. Uh, 273 yards for Rasheen last year on just 47 carries, which was good for 5.8 yards per carry. And he led the herd despite that workhorse season, and we knew Labron was just getting – worked man i mean he would we relied on him so heavily all year long 
at the end of the season, though, those three games that Rasheen played, it was Rasheen that led the herd in rushing all three of those games. And he did tack on a couple of receptions for 10 yards and a touchdown. So that was the only touchdown he had. He didn't have one on the ground last year. Uh, and and got, got him listed as one. Oh, well, maybe he did. I just didn't catch it. What, I might have been what, looking what, at somebody else. Wasn't it in the bowl game? I thought that's where the the receiving team. Oh yeah, came I think from. I think you're right. Yeah, but but anyway, uh, so you want to take a second and talk about Rasheen before we go to somebody else? Yeah, I think what you uh, we know, but what the people that uh, just look at the stats nationally don't know is uh, he grew up a boxer, and with that, he's got the footwork, he's got mm-hmm. the balance, he's got the explosive power, he's got the dedication. If you've ever known any kind of a boxer that does it at a competitive level, especially not at the heavyweight level. Um, no offense to my, my friends around Boone County, but uh, when you have this conditioning program that boxers have, this guy's going to be in shape. This guy's not going to be afraid to work. And I think that that's where he just, he just outworks everybody. He's in better shape than everybody. He's got better footwork and explosiveness. Uh, you have posted the the short little clip of him uh, seemingly going sideways and still getting his foot back down and just exploding right away. Uh, he's got it. He's yeah. got that. I don't even want to call it a low center of gravity because I think of guys like that five, nine and below. Uh, but he seems to have that no matter what he gets his pads lower than everyone. He just keeps his feet moving. He receives the ball as well out of the backfield as any collegiate back that I've seen here at Marshall. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is an absolute threat. He's a relief valve in that uh, let's check down and throw it to Ali. Oh, by the way, he might lead us in uh, receptions and yards. <laughs> he might take you that know? check down 25 yards yeah. for you. <laughs> so um, he is just an absolute force and an absolute weapon, and that is why – I've maintained that our last year was just everything with quarterback and everything. We had the game plan. It was going to be him and then labor in which we saw what he could do. Yeah. So no, it's everything about Rasheen Ali and this ought to be uh, from the rehab that he did and the quotes that he has said that he has never felt better. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes when you have an injury, you are working so hard to prevent and build up. Uh, everything around where that uh, injury uh, was located, I think that he's going to be stronger, and I think that he's probably put on a little more muscle, and I think that he's going to be faster, and I think that he's going to have the mental. I mean, he wouldn't have came back if there was a mental issue with cutting at the end of the year last year. You know, he would have just said, let me take the entire offseason to get back to where I need to be to be able to do the cuts that I need to be and the explosives explosiveness and I need to be he was there already so now he is just going to be that much better well see that's what I I think about with those three games is that you're you're putting the you're building the trust at that point mm-hmm. and you're making sure you're okay because if if you have a setback then you have the entire offseason to get to 100% so you throw you go into those three games and I'm not saying that he wasn't ready to go but still you have to you don't come back from an injury and just be 100% comfortable with everything you were doing, right? You have to test it in real time and and at game speed and and taking hits and all that kind of stuff. So to come back at the end of the year and face Georgia Southern on the road, Georgia State at home, and then a bowl game, 
and to test it a little bit more each game and to lead the team in rushing each game. It tells me that you were preparing yourself or building towards what is going to be a phenomenal offseason, a phenomenal summer program, and then a phenomenal season, at least start to the season, barring any injury, which we don't even want to think about, right? So to hear him say, I'm in the best shape of my life, that ought to strike utter fear into defensive coordinators' minds. And I, I get there's a lot of ego that goes into that. I'm like, man, we don't fear anybody. Okay, I get that. That's fine. You don't have to fear them. But if that doesn't make you perk up and go, this kid went for 1,400 yards and 23 touchdowns two years ago, and he took kicks to the house on us, you know, and, and, he, kept, and he caught I don't know how many balls out of the backfield and racked up I don't know how many yards out of the backfield, and now he's in the best shape of his life, we probably really need to magnify what Rasheen Ali is going to mean to this offense and how we can better defend him. So well, so uh, also real quick, he did have uh, a um, a rushing touchdown in that bowl game. He had a receiving okay. touchdown in the uh, Georgia State game at home last game of the season. Okay, so hey, I make a mistake every now and then, but at least it wasn't from twenty three touchdowns to no touchdowns. <laughs> I missed one. It's no big deal. But still, this is Rasheen Ali's room and everybody else, right? So let's talk about some of those other guys that are going to be. Potential starters, this is where it gets weird for me because usually we do projected starters and then I do heavy contributors, right? So, but I got to do Rasheen Ali and then another kind of subcategory to where it's like heavy contributors slash potential starters, okay? Mm -hmm. And we're going to start there with junior running back Ethan Payne, the polka kid, uh, six foot 216. Despite this eerily similar height and weight to Rasheen Ali, they are two completely different runners, right? How all Rasheen Ali just does what he does. Ethan Payne, which by the way, he was fourth on the team in rushing last year with 256 yards on 48 carries, a couple of touchdowns, good for 5.3 yards per carry. Ethan Payne just provides, brings this unbelievable mix of power and speed to where it's like, I don't know if you aren't expecting him to be this athletic, right? Just for the way he looks in the pads and you're thinking this is a straight power back or this is a straight this back, or he's, he's going to do this, but he just does everything really good. He doesn't do something like phenomenally great. And everything is behind that. He's just like a really great all around back. So he's one of those run through you, by you, or around you type backs that is really that third and two, third and three guy, that chain mover in a short yarded situation when you have to have it. He's your hard yarder this year, I feel like. We saw glimpses of that. He can also catch a pass out of the backfield and make a move and pick up a first down on a third and six type of thing. So having Ethan Payne be your quote-unquote maybe number two, maybe number three, depending on what you're doing that game, I love this guy. I love. I just love this guy. I love what he does. I love how he how he looks on the field. I love what he brings when he's playing in pads. So if he's a hundred percent, it's just such a different wrinkle that to this offense. Uh, we saw him have a great game in the opener last year. Yeah, that was Norfolk State, but still, you know, I don't think these guys. This is the remember. This is the opener. I don't. I don't think Laburn and and Payne were expecting to take some lion's share of carries. This was supposed to be Rasheen Ali's team, right? Mm -hmm. So to come in and have both those guys go over 100 yards in that over, that's huge. That's huge. Such a confidence builder. Payne had a great, a pretty good production season last year, and now I think it's his turn to play a much bigger role to be a better complement to Rasheen Ali. 
What I have for him is uh, you mentioned all around, but a couple of things that you didn't, well, one you hit on a little bit, but you didn't mention his blocking. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's about as fundamental uh, as blocking out of the backfield as you're going to get. Uh, he, he seems to do everything good. He seems to uh, underrated for me was he caught 10 balls for 82 yards, you know, that's uh, something that we're talking about. Rasheen Ali, you know, right. averaged seven point four when he caught forty six balls out of the backfield. Uh, Payne caught ten for eighty two. So right. he it, in a in a not nearly as many opportunities put up some really good numbers. You know, he was not the starter and out there for the majority of the games like Ali was in twenty twenty one. So to be that option again, we just that's why I'm not so much worried about that wide receiver room. You know, when we talk about our tight ends and we talk about our running backs, we've got a lot of options that can catch the ball out. And Ethan Payne is one of those guys that you just don't think about for that. Uh, He did play in 12 games last year. Right. So, Mm -hmm. but here's the thing we were talking about when we were, when we were breaking down wide receivers and tight ends and we talked about Rasheen Ali specifically, right. Being able to be kind of a wide receiver type guy out of the backfield. Well, Payne is that tight end type guy out of the backfield. Of course, he's mm-hmm. six foot, but still with that power and that speed, that's again, that's your chain mover type guy on a third and six on a third and five or, or hell, maybe he hits you with a, with a wheel route and you're not expecting it and he breaks one on you. So those two guys in particular, I think are going to be such a great compliment to one another. Uh, I really think w- with the, the triad of Cam Fancher back there, it's, it's, the, the possibilities are kind of endless, but we'll get into that more later. Mm-hmm. Uh, now let's lean in to a couple of more guys that could be that heavy contributor slash starter role, depending on if someone's banged up or what we're trying to do that game. And you got to talk with or talk about sophomore AJ Turner because he got game last year, six foot one ninety five, fifth leading rusher for the herd last year, a hundred yards even on seventeen carries through eight games or in eight games. That's 5.9 yards of carry. So you got three backs right off the bat over five yards of carry. A couple of them pushing six yards of carry. Also had a 24-yard receiving touchdown in uh, 2022. So he's a guy that you would expect to carry a little bit more of a workload this year because he got game last year and was productive in those games last year. So uh, just a different change of pace guy. Even though all these guys are six foot and right around that 195 to 210-ish type deal, Totally different three looking bodies. Different guys. Three completely yeah. different guys. That's right. And and they all do something different, but all uniquely productive. And it's that's got to make you like get a little get get make the hair raise up on your arms a little bit when you start thinking about some of the possibilities. Last guy I want to talk about on this heavy contributor potential list here is a guy that didn't do much last year because he redshirted, and that that that's Maurice Jones, who which I've now come to know at least through. Uh, some research getting prepared for this. They call him Smoke Jones. I didn't know that, but yeah. I'll roll with Smoke Jones. I think that's pretty dope, man. So five foot seven, 186. There's the guy that's the little bit of the outlier, right? A shorter statured guy, uh, probably quick as a hiccup. That's that's probably why you get the nickname Smoke because you're freaking fast as lightning. He was the sixth leading rusher on the team last year, despite only playing in one game. 51 yards on eight carries, good for 6.4 yards a carry, an extremely small sampling size from Smoke Jones. But a guy was really excited about when we recruited him and then when he committed. So to come into this now red shirt 
or being redshirt freshman. I'm 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 thinking he's going to play a little bit bigger of a role this year, and you might see him in some situational type stuff. And I'm kind of excited to see, you know, what he's able to do. So real quick, just uh, a minute or two on uh, Turner and and Jones. I think that uh, Turner, even though he had that um, couple of swing passes that he lost five yards, lost three yards, you know, this sort of thing, he seems to be that he can be that threat. You saw him go for 24 and a touchdown on that one pass. Uh, But he seems to be the athletic change of pace. He still comes in with the speed, but he had that hurdle uh, and run that got everybody up on their feet when that happened. Um, he seems to run tall. He seems to run long, and I don't know really who he reminds me of. I keep wanting to say maybe uh, was it Robert Smith at, at Minnesota that ran kind of tall like that, but um, I just think that he's one of those guys that uh, you are going to see just because he was higher on the depth chart than everybody else last year. I think that he may end up having more carries than Ethan Payne. Uh, I don't necessarily have any kind of instance to think why, but I think that it just might be, well, now he's got a full year under him and we're going to go. So uh, I'm really excited to see him. Maurice Jones, different type of back, low to the ground, also extremely fast, 6.4 yards per carry last year. I would see him in the mix a lot too, but I just can't see – either of those guys getting a dominant amount unless it's in garbage time because I think Rasheen Ali is just going to have the backfield to his own. Well, he will, right? But it, this is also a very long season, it and is. you're not going to you're not going to bog down Rasheen Ali with 25 carries a game if you don't have to, right? So no. unless you're in a tooth and nail game at the very end and, and you, you have to have him, then you save him because we saw what that workhorse – like workload did to labor and late in the year. I mean, it's mm-hmm. not like he faltered. It's just like, man, the guy took 300 carries on the season. That's I don't, just, I don't, that's I don't think, abuse. I don't think that we'll see an average of 25 carries a game, but I just don't see that many different carries. There's only so many to go around and you can only play Norfolk state or right. Albany once. Right. Uh, I feel like, what we're going to talk about here in a little bit, I'm assuming is Mm -hmm. going to take away a lot of these carry potential opportunities for Jones and and Turner, uh, because I think that maybe Turner passes pain, like I said, and gets more of them, but there's only so many carries to go around and it looks like there's just not going to be that much of an opportunity for the third or fourth guy to have that many. Yeah, I, I'm. I mean, I'm with you, right? I'm just saying, like, there's. I feel like there will be some opportunity because uh, you're not going to just leave Ali out there to just take added hits and added abuse in week five or week six when you're up. You know, whatever. I don't, I'm not look. I'm not saying we're going to blow somebody out. I'm just, you know, I don't know. But anyway, AD says in in week five we've uh, we're up by forty on NC State. Yeah, and, that's and right. Ali will be out at halftime. That's, that's right. right. A couple of trio of guys we got to talk about looking to make an impact for the herd. One we mentioned earlier, the portal in Juco guy, redshirt sophomore Antoine Roberts, six foot one, two, ten. Look, here's what I know about him that I don't know. 
because I don't know him, right? He's a JUCO guy, which means he's lived that JUCO life. And if you talk about those guys that have lived that JUCO life, they'll tell you it ain't easy. You really got to want to be there and you've really got to want to like try to get that opportunity. You want, you want to get away. You want to get out of the JUCO with an offer, right? So you have to grind. Um, so there, there's a little bit of a mindset there and how, you know, I'm not going to get into what all happened at Wisconsin. Cause I don't know the details. I just know he was, uh, he got in, got dismissed or something like that because of an altercation with a teammate and, and he hit the portal. So, um, I, I, he may not have even gotten dismissed. He may have just gotten disciplined. I don't know. I'm not trying to, you know, fabricate a story here. I just don't know. So I'm not going to speculate on it. But what I do know is when you go that route and you go to Juco and you get another opportunity, you would like to think that you've got a guy who's now refocused and ready to thrive in that new opportunity. So, but coming out of high school, you got a guy that rushed uh, for 920 yards and 16 touchdowns in nine games, right? As a senior. So, way better than 100 yards a game, way better than a touchdown per game. And I didn't even look at his receiving stats. So, I'm sure he had more receiving stats also as a senior. Um, at uh, Independence Community College, he ran for 215 yards on 34 carries, which is 6.3 yards per carry, and a touchdown in just a handful of games. It was like eight games, maybe. So I don't know what type of offense they run there. They might be very pass-heavy. I don't know. I don't know what his opportunities were, if he was splitting splitting work with somebody. But still, you like to think a guy like that, who has accomplished what he's already accomplished, can come in and be ready to contribute. So this is not – not usually what we talk about in that looking to make an impact guy because this is not a freshman, redshirt freshman. He's already played at a high level, played competitively, and uh, has put up stats. So this could be an excellent compliment. You know, you got five really strong guys that you can probably count on, like right now, to do something. And then you've got a redshirt freshman, Demarcus uh, McElroy, who was on the roster last year, 5'9", 185. No stats in 2022. And freshman uh, C.J. Uh, Fazio, 59207, also no stats in 2022. Russ, that's the running back room on the herd zone roster right now. You got anything else to say before we go to strengths and weaknesses? Mm -mm. Okay, I've got one more little wild card thing that we've got to mention because there was a guy on this roster last year who is a highly decorated player that played a little Iron Man football for the herd, if you guys remember. Number 55 would run off the field and put on jersey number 43 and line up at fullback for the herd, and that's Owen Porter. So just an interesting little wrinkle that we saw in 2022. Will we see that in 2023? Man, I don't know. But I, uh, Imagine putting him back there at fullback, and then when we talked about the jumbo package with the tight ends where you could bring three of those big athletic blockers that might as well be extra offensive linemen at six six and above <laughs> and this goal line package and you're handing off to Rasheen Ali I mean come yeah. on man yeah then you, then you just throw on the number 43 jersey to basically Latimer from the program and tell him to go in there and block somebody I'll tell you one of the, my favorite references that I heard uh uh recently is when I did the inside the thunder with Devin Miller. And he said me, I can't remember the guy's name he was talking about. We were talking about the Notre Dame game. And he said, we were mashing face masks all day long. And I thought, man, that is a great like reference to having an intense, you know, one-on-one -on -one battle. So that's what you do. You put a 43 Jersey on Owen Porter and say, go mash some face masks for us down on the goal line. 
Who knows if we'll see that, but if we see it even once, even once in 2023, I think the crowd is going to erupt for that one, especially if it leads to a like a, a Rasheen Ali go-ahead touchdown or something like that. But anyway. I, I do I do have one one more thing because okay. I thought that we were going to cover it before we did the things, but we didn't. But obviously Cam Fancher runs the ball. Yeah. And that is what we have talked about a lot. And here is why it's going to be hard to share those uh, carries after you talk about Ali and whatever he gets per game. These were his starts, not counting the bowl game when he had the back issue. Uh, JMU on, he had nine carries, 13 carries, 18 carries, 12 carries, 14 carries, and 10 carries. Mm -hmm. If Ali is getting 12 to 16 carries a game and he's getting that many, there's just not that many to go around when you're still going to be throwing the football. So I look for that to continue because he's an absolute weapon with his elusiveness and speed. He went for 136 on 7.6 carries uh, uh, or yards per carry. Uh, last game of the season, 6.9 yards per carry. Right. So he's a weapon. And yeah. uh, I I look for that to grow this year and do better. So so, so I don't want to dis, dis, uh, disqualify what you're saying because it's true, right? He was the second leading rusher on the team last year. So, But you talk about these rushing attempts. You've also just got to keep in mind that whenever a quarterback is sacked, that's going to count as a rushing attempt. So he might not have actually, you know, ran the ball nine times or what if he happened to get sacked in four times in that game. Right? I know, but if you remember what we were talking about, the sacks went down. Oh, I know, the I know. Two games. I know. So there's not that many of those that he had. And I just, I know that if he's going to get anywhere close to 10 carries a game and Ali's going to get 15 carries a game, that's 25 carries right there a game. Yeah. It's just going to be hard for a third or fourth, whoever gets that, um, third or fourth on the running backs, not counting right. Fancher. It's going to be hard for them to separate themselves if they're only getting one or two carries a game. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not uh, arguing the point at all. I'm, I was just merely stating that you know that does fall into that category. Yeah, sure. we're going to have a lot of rushing attempts. Huff has said we want to run the football. Yeah, we want to run the football, and they yeah. know that they can because they've got a, a really solid offensive line returning. They've got a really st uh, solid stable of tight ends that are also blockers and mm -hmm. wide receivers that are blockers. Oh, and mm -hmm. you get the nation's leader in touchdowns from 2021 back and a 1400 yard return uh, running back back. So, yeah, they want to run the damn football. So, let's move into some strengths, right? What's your number one overall strength for this unit? Rasheen Ali. That is number one strength, and I don't know that we really need to talk about anything else, but that is just uh, everything that we've said. I mean, in 21, he uh, had one return, one kickoff return for 99 yards and took it to the house. Yeah. He caught 46, 47 balls out of the backfield, 7.4 per carry. He uh, ran for the 1,400 yards and led the nation in, in touchdowns. And he says that he's never felt better right now. That yeah. is your strength. Everything that I mentioned earlier about him with the balance, with the acceleration, with the speed. Top-end speed and acceleration are two different things, and he has both. Yep. So it's um, that's it. That's the strength. The I've, got one. <laughs> I've got another one, but that's, <laughs> Me too. that's it. I've got two more, but my number one overall strength is Rasheen Ali is back. 
and he is 100%. That's it. I don't need to go any farther. What is your number two strength? Cam Fancher's running ability out of the backfield will also help with this because especially if you're going with an RPO or a zone read option uh, and you don't know which one of them, Ali or Fancher, is going to get the ball, especially if you've got Payne or Turner also in the backfield, it's going to be crazy to try to defend that. Yep. I agree. That's my actual number three strength is is the Cam Fancher slash Rasheen Ali combo is so dangerous on the ground, but also through the air. So what do you do? We knew we we saw that Laburn could catch some balls out of the backfield last year. He didn't do a lot of it, right? He caught uh, 16 balls out of the backfield last year. That's it. So Rasheen Ali accounted for, what'd you say, how many? The 40, year 46 or 47, it, right? So three times as many for in 2021. So even if he goes for 30 catches out of the backfield, that's twice the production that we saw from the feature back from a year ago. And when the, and the running ability, the, the ability to stack yardage is basically the same for both guys. It becomes incredibly hard. This is why folks need to just pump the freaking brakes on all the negative stuff that they have to say about Cam. He doesn't have to be a drop back down the field passer and get 500 yards a game. It yeah. doesn't have to happen that way. He could get 300 yards a game and throw five balls a game out of the backfield to Rasheen Ali for 80 yards, right? That's It doesn't have to be the bomb. I want to see the long bomb too. I love it. But I'll take whatever we got to do to win. So that combo is just so dangerous, both on ground and air. It's It's – it's beyond exciting, right? Because it's, it, we saw glimpses of it more so separate than we've seen it together. So seeing it together is going to be really a real treat. What's, uh, do you have another strength? Yeah, my final strength is that we do have other options in the backfield. And whether that's uh, the diverse options that we have, whether it's Payne who has that power, whether it's uh, Turner who has that athletic ability, whether it's the catching out of the backfield and the ability to take it to the house, uh, we have options other than Fancher and Ali. My number two strength is a set of accol- or not a, a set of attributes, a set of adjectives that I'm going to use that I really feel like encompass this room really good, right? Really, really well. The mix that we have of speed, strength, power, vision, and elusiveness on this in this room, it's top tier. That's why they're the number 31 unit in the country. That's why they're the number one unit in the Sunbelt Conference. And we've been sitting here talking about it being Rasheen Ali's room and kind of everybody else because it's a lot of unknowns, a little bit of production here, a little bit of production there. But all of those things, the speed, strength, power, vision, and elusiveness, there is a combination of any two guys that you can put on the field and you're going to be able to encompass all of those attributes at one time, no matter which two you choose. You can get a little bit of all that, or you can get elite levels of some of that in some cases. Do you have any weaknesses for this unit? I only have one, and I mentioned it earlier. There's only so many carries that can go around in a football game, and you've got guys here that are all capable, but you're talking about Rasheen Ali, and he's going to get the lion's share of them, and then Fancher's going to get quite a bit. Where's that leave everybody else? They're going to be spot duty, uh, on some levels, some people may get, you know, three, five carries a game or something like that. They're just going to have to make the most out of those opportunities because they're coming in to spell somebody on third down or they're coming in 
because someone just ripped off a 45-yard run and they need a break. Mm-hmm. So there's only so many of those carries to go around. Yeah, I agree with that, right? But I actually have three weaknesses that I need okay. to talk about, and I think – you know, I'm, 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 I may end up ruffling some feathers, and that's not the intent, but you have to talk about it, right? So, number one, the biggest weakness on this unit is you have to find 1,513 yards and 16 rushing touchdowns worth of offensive production to replace. I found it. Rasheen Ali. <laughs> you hope so. But, I do. I do but, hope re- so. but regardless, right. it's not on the roster this year, right? Yeah. That's what Kalen Labor notched last year for the herd, and it's not on this roster anymore. So we can speculate and we can hope and we can all think that it's going to happen. But at the end of the day, that production has to be replaced. It absolutely. And I don't care how they do it. I don't care. Five guys average 300 yards for the season, but you have to be able to replace that. Yeah. We think Rasheen's going to go way more than just under 300 yards rushing this, this season. I mean, hell, we might see that through two games, right? But be that as it may, that, that amount of production was on the uh, roster last year, and it's not now. Number two for me, after Rasheen Ali, after Rasheen Ali, is there a featured back on this roster? This season, I'm not sure that there is. You know, next season or the season after that, when these guys have developed another year, had a lot of playing time for this season, contributed in a bigger way this year, is, is that guy on the roster for next year? Maybe, but is he on the roster this year? I'm not sure. So if you see the unfathomable and you see Rasheen Ali go down and have to miss a big chunk of the season, four or five games, who's the guy, right? Do you you then rely on a running back by committee because of all the mix of attributes that we talked about before? Or is there one guy that's on that you can count for 20 carries a game and to get you 130 yards or 120 yards and two touchdowns? Is there that one guy? I don't know because we haven't seen it. We haven't seen Ethan Payne have to be that guy. We haven't seen A.J. Turner come close to having to be that guy. And the rest of the guys, I mean, Smoke Jones had eight carries last year for crying out loud. Nobody else was even a, had a carry for the herd last year. Yeah. So that's a little bit of a weakness. you know. I'll give you that. If you, if you see that bump in the road, holy crap. We gasped last year and had a 1,500-yard rusher behind uh, Ali. Do we have that again this year? Damn, I sure hope so. But moreover, I hope that we don't have to deal with Rasheen losing any time. I want to see the 2021 Rasheen, not just from a a fan perspective, but from a human perspective, because I don't want to see this kid get hurt again. He's Mm -hmm. a great kid. He's a great kid. And he deserves to have a great season based on all the work that he's put in and the adversity he's already faced. Do you have anything to say about that one before I hit you with my last one? No, I agree with that. Um, It's a valid valid concern and we've talked about that in other things is who steps in when so-and-so goes down and that that's very valid yeah we've talked so much about this being Rasheen Ali and kind of everybody else oh shit man who's the everybody else if Rasheen happens to miss a game or two or needs to you know get uh get healed up or something uh last one for me is not one you can pin totally on the running backs right because I know this is a an offensive wide stat mostly but seven, we had 17 fumbles last year, nine of those of which we lost. Okay, that's not a huge number, but that's more than one a game. And talking about lost fumbles, that's pretty close to one every game and a half-ish type thing, right? And famously, we talked about it, and you know, I don't hold this to him. A lot of people have probably already forgotten about it. You know, and To be honest, I had to until I wrote this stat down. We saw Laburn 
fumble twice inside the five against Bowling Green. And if we talked about how many times, if that doesn't happen, we win that game. Oh, yeah. we, win, we win that game. So that was a weakness last year because that, that, that stat cost us a game. We know it did. And, and that's a game that people change the narrative about Marshall altogether probably if you go beat Notre Dame and then you go beat Bowling Green and you're a 10-win ball club at the end of the season. The narrative changes quite a bit for the herd, right? Because all of a sudden they're a 10-win ball club in their first year in the Sun Belt and yada, yada, yada. So while not all of our fumbles were on the running back, backs, Cam accounted for a couple, right? So that's, again, you know, but – it's just something that you you have to talk about. I'm, I, it's not a detriment. It's not like we're putting it on the ground every five carries or anything like that. But that was a bad time to have two fumbles inside the five. When have you ever seen that from a herd player ever again? Oh, I, can't, I, know. I can't think of it happening, right? And I felt so bad for him, and I still feel bad for him. But he bounced back huge from that, you know, and went on to having a, a monstrous season. So just a few data points that I feel like you got to think about. Uh, overall, I feel unbelievably great about this room. How could you not? I mean, yeah, it, it's it's probably one of the top three positions that you feel the best about. Uh, so let's talk about the four questions, Russ. Who are you most excited to see in 2023? A healthy Rasheen Ali. Confirmed. Yep, confirmed. Who's the biggest loss from this roster? Uh, I don't know, Kalen Labron. I'm just going <laughs> to throw that out there. <laughs> the only guy, even if 10 running backs departed, it would still be Kalen Labron yeah. and his 1,513 yards and 16 touchdowns on the ground. Who do you think? This is the, this is the intriguing one, right? Who's going to be your breakout player in the running back room this year? Because it could be basically anyone, including Rasheen Ali. It, it really could be uh, Rasheen Ali again, but I'm going to say that there are so many uh, expectations for him because of his potential that it would be ridiculous stats he'd have to put up to count it as a breakout. Right. So I'm talking like 17 to 2,000, 1,700 to 2,000 yards. Yeah. Like crazy numbers that he'd have to put up. So I'm going to say A.J. Turner, as I had thought about earlier, that passes up on uh, opportunities, uh, Ethan Payne. And I, I put him as the breakout and solidifies himself as the number two, uh, not just uh, Ethan Payne, more of a third down back or uh, in to help with blocking and things like that and receiving out of the background or backfield. I see, uh, I see A.J. Turner having a breakout year. Me too. I, I went with A.J. Turner as well based on some of the sampling size that we saw last year, that ability out of the backfield, which you talked about. Payne actually had a better year out of the backfield. I just think uh, situationally, Payne is going to be utilized differently. right? Yeah. So I'm not sure the opportunities to make those big plays are going to be there for him as often. I think it's going to be A.J. Turner to break out. And, and I'm going to give you this caveat, which I do not expect to happen at all. If Rasheen Ali comes out and has more rushing yards than Devin Johnson did in 2014, you know, and you're looking at an 1,800-yard rusher, you've got to go, yeah, Rasheen Ali broke out after having that injury and, you know, his first year fully running a Sun Belt Conference schedule. Because, I mean, look, he's faced a lot of the teams in the Sun Belt. He's played against App State. He played against James Madison. Or not James Madison. He's played against Old Dominion in the past. He's played both Georgia teams last year. So there's a lot of teams in the conference he's already played. Um, but if he goes for 1,800, I mean, you got to say it's him. Now, the problem lies, I don't think he's going to have 
the ability, not the ability, the opportunity to rack up that many yards because Cam's going to rush for so many yards and, and and stuff like that. But so give me AJ Turner, you know, give, give me 400 yards, 450 yards for AJ this year, something like that, you know, just just adding to what he did with only having 100 last year. Uh, who's the MVP when it's all said and done for you? Rasheen Ali. Got to be Rasheen Ali. We don't have to say any more, man. Um, this is this is a group. Give me some final words on this group before we look to close out this episode. Unless there is a an injury to Rasheen Ali, this is going to be a special year. I think that he has a lot to prove uh, to NFL scouts and maybe even to himself. And I think that uh, as driven as this young man is with his background in boxing and the training that he has done and coming off of this injury and how easy would it have been to say, I don't want to potentially mess up my NFL career. So I'm just not going to play these last three games. I'm going to get healthy and then go to a combine or whatever. He not only came back for those, he came back for this season when he didn't have to, the guy's already graduated. He's got a degree from Marshall. And he's only listed as a red shirt, red shirt sophomore currently on the roster. And if that sticks, uh, I mean, he can come back, you know, for two more years. So um, he could have gone and said, let me test the waters and, you know, go, go play in the NFL or whatever. The guy's coming back. He's got something to prove. And I think that he is going to prove it. And I yep. think we're in for a special year. Yeah, I, I would agree. Rashid Ali strikes me as a guy that is a finish what you started type of guy. Mm -hmm. And if he so chooses, we're speculating so far in down the road here. If he if, if he chooses to remain at Marshall until his eligibility is exhausted instead of going pro or hitting the portal, he has the potential to be one of the greatest ever in a herd uniform at the running back position. And if you look down the record book, there are some elite running yes. backs that have played here. Guys, some fans have never heard of that that really just need to look down the, the record book and get familiar with some of these players. But when you think about the elite of the elite, Marshall has got some productive backs that rank up there with the best amongst the G5 when you talk about all time, right? And, 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 a, and, a, and a history that outpaces some of these, quote, power five schools, you know? So to, to be talking in a guy in that type of rarefied air means he's doing something special. And, and, and he has the unbelievable ability to go down as a top, maybe, you know, five, three back ever if he stays for this long. I don't want to get into all that, but he's saying that, that possibility is out there. He's a special guy. Uh, Russ, take us out of here if you got nothing else. I got nothing else. Uh, we will uh... – See you over at the Joan. We will see you at the Cam. Whether we see you over here at the August 5th Fans First Day, make sure to save that uh, date. No matter where you see us, we are going to be saying, go hurt. Go hurt. It's the Thundercast. The Breakdown Series is going to take a pause next week because we're going to be recapping everything that goes on during Sunbelt Media Days, and then we'll pick back up with the Breakdown Series in a couple weeks. So until next week, we'll see you later. Later.